We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield, live at Woody's Country Store and Barbecue, this is Sooner Sports Talk, presented by Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Also brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Bud Light, it's for the fans. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. And by Riverwind Casino, still the one. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. All right, welcome everybody. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is time for Sooner Sports Talk. And please help me welcome right now my radio partner, the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and the best color analyst in college football, Teddy Lehman, everybody. T-Rowe, how we doing, man? I'm good, partner. How are you? Fantastic. 
good. Good. Look, you got a cinnamon roll waiting for you over there I during a commercial that. break. Yeah, that got handed over here. I don't <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to stare at it and think about it for the Smell next it. 10 minutes. Yeah. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Without further ado, let's welcome in now the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. He joins us live, Lincoln Riley, everybody. Howdy, coach. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Teddy, welcome back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Good to be back. Absolutely. He uh, dominated you last week, even in your absence. Oh, uh, man, I was wondering about that. I don't know if word filtered to you on that yet or not. But, uh, Coach, let's always start. I always like to start with this. What did you like? What did you not like? 16-13, the final Saturday in a win over West Virginia. Oh, definitely at the top of the list would be the just the, I think, guts, perseverance uh, that our, our football team showed. Um, it's a good West Virginia football team. And... Um, we didn't play our best, uh, you know, really on, I think, any of the sides. Um, we had things that we want back, certainly. Um, but, you know, we rose to the occasion and found a way. And especially, you know, probably as, any, as, as much as any part of the game, you look at that last segment, you know, defensively, you know, we have a penalty. They cross the 50-yard line, you know, with a few minutes left, and we've got to bow up and get the stop. We get the stop. Um, offensively, we get the ball on the, you know, minus eight yard line. We got to go the length of the field to try to win the game. And not only we do do we do it very efficiently, we also chew up every second o'clock to give you know West Virginia no chance. Uh, and then field goal team, obviously from a special teams perspective, goes out there executes uh, a pressure kick um, in a in a big situation to win the game. So I mean to see all three sides rise up. Was uh, was awesome, man. It was. It was a fun football game, kind of a old school throwback. We've had had a few of those here in a row. <laughs> um, again, so so similar to that Army game. It's kind of crazy. We've had two in a row. I thought I might not ever have one like that again. And uh, these low possession, kind of low scoring, just kind of brawls is really the best way that I can describe it. But it was great to be four and zero, and we're we've got we know we've our best football is a long, long ways in front of us and. Uh, but we got a team that's hungry to get there and, and uh, excited to, to continue this ride with this group. Now, a lot's got to go down, you know, on a field goal at the end of a game. And I know you're confident in your kicker, but you got to snap it, you got to hold it, you got to kick it, you got to block it. There's a lot going on there. How much have you wanted to just to punch that thing in there as you guys started to get down close? Yeah, I mean, you, I think as we got close, you start to think risk versus reward a little bit because – Sure, you'd love to pop a run and him score, but I mean, you know, at that point, you know, scoring a touchdown, you know, you you really, in a lot of ways, give West Virginia just any small kind of chance because obviously, then you've got to kick the ball back off. And so, I mean, the perfect scenario is either you you, you score the touchdown with no time left, or you kick the winning field goal with no time left and just give them no shot. And so. By the time we got inside the 20, I was so confident in Gabe that the, we, we certainly stopped playing for the touchdown and really we're just doing everything we could to set him up in the spot he likes it. And then, uh, like you said, you got to execute the snap, the hold, the kick, the protection. You know, you know they're going to come after that with everything they have. And uh, we, we did a phenomenal job executing. Your kicker's a beaut, man. I mean... <laughs> What a one-of-a-kind individual Gabe Berkich is. He's way more fun interview than I am. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> no, um, I wanted to ask you about the final drive, too. So, 
you have done an outstanding job in, in your tenure, a lot of times at the end of a half, of not only driving down and getting points, but milking the clock in the half of the field goal or touchdown right at the end, then you turn around. Time management at the end of the half has been a strength. You did it here at the end of the game. I'd love to know kind of what goes through the thought process, all that goes into calculating. You get the ball at the eight. There's not an, I mean, that's not, if you punt it back, West Virginia could win the game. So you got to factor in that. You're trying to figure out what plays to call. You, you got timeouts in your pocket if you want. All that kind of stuff. It, it is somebody helping you with clock management as you go so that you can call plays, or is it all up on you? No, no, it's definitely not all on me. I, I've got guys up top that are uh, helping me with clock. We have guys on the field that are helping with play clocks. Um, you know, we were talking as the defensive drive was happening. We were, we were talking about different scenarios if we got the ball back. You know, even if we got the ball back down three or down seven, it was probably going to be one of the three. And so kind of had some some plans ready for all three of those scenarios. And obviously how it plays out affects what you do. But, yeah, we get the ball back with, I remember what it was, you know, three or four minutes there. Uh, we had a couple of timeouts left, you know. And so really for us, it, we weren't in much of a hurry-up mode. Um, uh at that point, you have so much time. It's really kind of like a regular drive other than it's at the end of the game and, and the game's virtually riding on it. But, I mean, schematically, we were wanting our guys to just operate as normal, not go any faster, not necessarily trying to get out of bounds. And then as the drive went on, and I think maybe we used one of the timeouts, or I think actually West Virginia used one of theirs. We actually told our guys, like, we want to be chewing clock here. Like, we don't want you to get out of bounds. We actually want you to, to kind of – take it like we have the lead because it became very apparent once we got in Gabe's comfortable range that we were going to have a great chance if we would be efficient offensively to, to you know, give him a kick that he's going to be a super, super high percentage on and, give, again, give West Virginia a zero chance to win the game. So even though it was the end of a game and we weren't necessarily winning, we were actually kind of in a what we term in football a four-minute offensive mode where you're trying to chew clock. Um, and still move the football and possess the football. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a unique scenario. It was, but I, I give our kids credit. I give our staff credit. Uh, you know, the, the coaches handled it well. Players handled it well. I mean, it, it takes everybody in a situation like that. You've mentioned the the football games, Nebraska game, the West Virginia game. The way they've unfolded is not really been the style that we're used to over the last couple of years. Whenever it starts to happen and you can sense, and maybe it happens right away or maybe even before the football game, but how does that change your approach as a play caller whenever you start to say, gosh, I don't know how many possessions we're going to have. We better really make this one count or uh, make the few that we have count. Oh, it changes a lot. I mean, it's, uh, I think the average college football game, you know, right now it's, you know, 12, 13 possessions in a game. You know, and, and really of, of real true possessions, we've had 16 in two games. And so it's, uh, it, 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 it changes a lot. I mean, you could even feel it the other night a little bit after the first drive. You know, I think we, we got the ball back offensively and maybe had like maybe five minutes left in the first quarter. And uh, so you could kind of, that was kind of the precursor. And then both teams had some, some long drives as it went on. And it, oh, it definitely does. And I, this is something I learned uh, a lot more about when I got here with Coach Stoops is, as a coordinator, you can't just call plays to try to make your side of the ball do well. Of course, it's it's just it's not that simple if you want to be a championship level team because there's times as an OC, there's times as a DC where you have to call it with the bigger picture in mind, and that's just 
the nature of the beast. Now, that being said, do I want to call it even in a low possession game and score more points and win by more? You know, hell yeah. But at the same time, as it unfolds, you got to be able to adapt and, and see a bigger picture. And I, as a young OC, I would have called the game a lot differently uh, on Saturday. Um, as a, not that I'm some grizzled veteran, but at the same time, having been through a couple of these and been around some great head coaches, especially Bob here, and learning as much as I did from him, I definitely look at it when I'm calling it from more of just simply what do we need to win. Um, and uh, so that, that definitely, it's definitely shifted some over the years. You're a grizzled veteran. You're going to be 40 here in about well, a month mm, or so. I don't know if you mm. remembered that or not. So I love how everyone keeps bringing him that saying up. grizzled veteran just reminded me I you're know. about to turn 40. Um, the final possession. What kind of a springboard can that be for your offense? Oh, huge. I, I told the media to press her today. You know, I, I, I showed our guys our, our 2015 Tennessee game. Um, you know, we had, I think, I, I put the graphics up, I think our first 11 possessions, we either had a punt or a turnover on every one of them. We didn't cross the 50. If that would have been the other night, we would not have scored one point. We only got nine possessions. Um, and we come back, we win that game. We, we take off pretty good offensively. By the end of the season, we're a championship team, a playoff team, and one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, I showed them the 2018 Army game. Same deal. Offense that was historically good. Maybe you could argue maybe the best to ever play in college football. And we play Army. We have eight possessions. We score 21 points in regulation. So, you know, but the, the, the key for both of those, similar type games, but in all, in all two of those games, and obviously, you know, this one this week, we found a way at the early in the year when some things didn't go our way early and we weren't at our best and we still found a way. So it can be a huge springboard, but we've got to cause it to be a springboard. We've got to continue to come together. We've got to make improvements in all the areas that we can, coaches, players, all of us. And if we'll use it the right way, it can be a great springboard just like it was for the 15 and the 18 versions. Every week, one of our uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors team members has a question for Coach Riley. Here's our question tonight. Hey, Coach, is there any aspect of being a head coach that is different from what you thought it would be? <laughs> oh, how long do you got? Um, 47 <laughs> minutes and 25 seconds. There we go. I, I could probably <laughs> use most of that on this answer. Um, yeah, I mean, just – it sounds simple, but, I mean, just so, so many things land on your doorstep. Um, and you, the one thing you're guaranteed is – about five unexpected things are going to happen a day that you, you know, that you get tasked with or that at least come, come to you for, you know, approval or guidance or whatever it is. So um, that, that's been the biggest difference, you know, it's just, you know, I can remember like when I first got hired, they were like, asked me like, do you want to change the carpet in one of these rooms in the facility? And I was like, I don't give a damn about carpet. You know, like, I just want to coach ball and coach the team. And I, I figured out quickly, you know, you just, you got to. It would have been cool to just be like, yeah, yeah, let's change that. Yeah, yeah. let's go with this shade. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I've learned a lot along the way. Um, but, yeah, a lot of, lot of different things uh, arrive on the doorstep. With Lots the changed along the way. Your short tenure, you've had a bunch of changes, too. We have had a lot of changes. A lot of changes within our, our university. A lot of changes within college athletics. Um College football, everything going on the outside. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we I think we had a pandemic last year, last, that best I remember. So, uh, 
Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a great ride, but yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting. All right, let's squeeze in a commercial break. When we come back, we'll hit some of your questions that are rolling in tonight on Twitter. Butkus brain teaser coming up as well, and of course, we'll ask Lincoln Riley about the showdown with Kansas State. You're watching Suter Sports Talk. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser Busch, and our community partners, Fowler Auto Group. OU Health, OGE, and Coca Cola. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. And by River Wind Casino, still the one. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. All right, welcome everybody. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It is time for Sooner Sports Talk, and please help me welcome right now my radio partner, the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner and the best color analyst in college football, Teddy Lehman, everybody. T-Row, how we doing, man? I'm good, partner. How are you? Fantastic. Good, good. Look, you got a cinnamon roll waiting for you over there I during a commercial that. break. Yeah, that got handed over here. I don't <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to stare at it and think about it for the next it. 10 minutes. Yeah. Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Without further ado, let's welcome in now the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. He joins us live, Lincoln Riley, everybody. Howdy, coach. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm good. Teddy, welcome back. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Good to be back. Absolutely. He uh, dominated you last week, even in your absence. Oh, man, I was wondering about that. I don't know if word filtered to you on that yet or not. But, uh, Coach, let's always start. I always like to start with this. What did you like? What did you not like? 16-13 the final Saturday and a win over West Virginia. Oh, definitely at the top of the list would be the just the, I think, guts, perseverance uh, that our, our football team showed. Um, it's a good West Virginia football team. And... Um, we didn't play our best, uh, you know, really on, I think, any of the sides. Uh, we had things that we want back, certainly. Um, but, you know, we rose to the occasion and found a way. And especially, you know, probably as any, as, as much as any part of the game, you look at that last segment, you know, defensively, you know, we have a penalty. They cross the 50-yard line, you know, with a few minutes left, and we've got to bow up and get the stop. We get the stop. Um, offensively, we get the ball on the you know minus eight yard line. We got to go the length of the field to try to win the game. And not only we do do we do it very efficiently, we also chew up every second o'clock to give you know West Virginia no chance. Uh, and then field goal team, obviously from a special teams perspective, goes out there executes uh, a pressure kick um, in a in a big situation to win the game. So I mean to see all three sides rise up. Was uh, was awesome, man. It was. It was a fun football game. Kind of a old school throwback. We've had had a few of those here in a row. Um, again, so so similar to that Army game. It's kind of crazy. We've had two in a row. I thought I might not ever have one like that again. And uh, these low possession, kind of low scoring, just kind of brawls is really the best way that I can describe it. But it was great to be four and zero. And we're we're we got we know we've our best football is a long long ways in front of us and. Uh, but we got a team that's hungry to get there and, and uh, excited to, to continue this ride with this group. Now, a lot's got to go down, you know, on a field goal at the end of a game. And I know you're confident in your kicker, but 
you got to snap it, you got to hold it, you got to kick it, you got to block it. There's a lot going on there. How much of you wanted to just to punch that thing in there as you guys started to get down close? Yeah, I mean, you, I think as we got close, you start to think risk versus reward a little bit because sure, you'd love to pop a run and him score, but I mean, you know, at that point, you know, scoring a touchdown, you know, you, you really in a lot of ways give West Virginia just any small kind of chance because obviously then you've got to kick the ball back off. And so, I mean, the perfect scenario is either you, you, you score the touchdown with no time left or you kick the winning field goal with no time left and just give them no shot. And so by the time we got inside the 20, I was so confident in Gabe that the, we, we certainly stopped playing for the touchdown and really we're just doing everything we could to set him up in the spot he likes it. And then, uh, like you said, you got to execute the snap, the hold, the kick, the protection. You know, you know they're going to come after that with everything they have. And uh, we, we did a phenomenal job executing. Your kicker's a beaut, man. I mean, what a one-of-a-kind individual Gabe Burkett is. He's way more fun interview than I am. Oh, uh, well, that's true. No, I'm just um, I wanted to ask you about the final draft, too. So you have done an outstanding job in, in your tenure. A lot of times at the end of a half of – not only driving down and getting points, but milking the clock in the half of the field goal or touchdown right at the end, then you turn around. Time management at the end of the half has been a strength. You did it here at the end of the game. I'd love to know kind of what goes through the thought process, all that goes into calculating. You get the ball at the eight. There's not an, I mean, that's not, if you punt it back, West Virginia could win the game. So you got to factor in that. You're trying to figure out what plays to call. You, you got timeouts in your pocket if you want. All that kind of stuff. It, it is somebody helping you with clock management as you go so that you can call plays, or is it all up on you? No, no, it's definitely not all on me. I, I've got guys up top that are uh, helping me with clock. We have guys on the field that are helping with play clocks. Um, you know, we were talking as the defensive drive was happening. We were, we were talking about different scenarios if we got the ball back. You know, even if we got the ball back down three or down seven, it was probably going to be one of the three. And so kind of had some some plans ready for all three of those scenarios. And obviously how it plays out affects what you do. But, yeah, we get the ball back with, I remember what it was, you know, three or four minutes there. Uh, we had a couple of timeouts left, you know. And so really for us, it, we weren't in much of a hurry-up mode. Um, uh at that point, you have so much time. It's really kind of like a regular drive other than it's at the end of the game and, and the game's virtually riding on it. But, I mean, schematically, we were wanting our guys to just operate as normal, not go any faster, not necessarily trying to get out of bounds. And then as the drive went on, and I think maybe we used one of the timeouts, or I think actually West Virginia used one of theirs. We actually told our guys, like, we want to be chewing clock here. Like, we don't want you to get out of bounds. We actually want you to, to kind of – take it like we had the lead because it became very apparent once we got in Gabe's comfortable range that we were going to have a great chance if we would be efficient offensively to, to you know, give him a kick that he's going to be a super, super high percentage on and, give, again, give West Virginia zero chance to win the game. So even though it was the end of a game and we weren't necessarily winning, we were actually kind of in a what we term in football a four-minute offensive mode where you're trying to chew clock. Um, and still move the football and possess the football. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a unique scenario. It was, but I, I give our kids credit. I give our staff credit. Uh, you know, the, the coaches handled it well. The players handled it well. I mean, it, it takes everybody in a situation like that. You mentioned the, the football games, Nebraska game, the West Virginia game. The way they've unfolded is not really been the style that we're used to over the last couple of years. 
whenever it starts to happen and you can sense, and maybe it happens right away or maybe even before the football game, but how does that change your approach as a play caller whenever you start to say, gosh, I don't know how many possessions we're going to have. We better really make this one count or uh, make the few that we have count. Oh, it changes a lot. I mean, it's, uh, I think the average college football game, you know, right now it's, you know, 12, 13 possessions in a game, you know, and, and really of, of real true possessions, we've had 16 in two games. And so it's, uh, it, 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 it changes a lot. I mean, you could even feel it the other night a little bit after the first drive, you know, I think we, we got the ball back offensively and maybe had like maybe five minutes left in the first quarter. And, uh, so you could kind of that was kind of the precursor, and then both teams had some some long drives as it went on, and it, oh, it definitely does. And I, this is something I learned uh, a lot more about when I got here with Coach Stoops is, as a coordinator, you can't just call plays to try to make your side of the ball do well. Of course, it's it's just it's not that simple if you want to be a championship level team because. There's times as an OC, there's times as a DC where you have to call it with the bigger picture in mind. And that's just the nature of the beast. Now, that being said, do I want to call it even in a low possession game and score more points and win by more? You know, hell yeah. But at the same time, as it unfolds, you got to be able to adapt and, and see a bigger picture. And I, as a young OC, I would have called the game a lot differently uh, on Saturday. Um, as a, not that I'm some grizzled veteran, but at the same time, having been through a couple of these and been around some great head coaches, especially Bob here, and learning as much as I did from him. I definitely look at it when I'm calling it from more of just simply what do we need to win? Um, and uh, so that, that definitely, it's definitely shifted some over the years. You're a grizzled veteran. You're going to be 40 here in about oh, a month mm. or so. I don't know if you mm. remembered that or not. So I love how everyone keeps bringing him that up. Him saying grizzled veteran just reminded me I you're know. about to turn 40. Um, the final possession. What kind of a springboard can that be for your offense? Oh, huge. I, I told the media to press her today. You know, I, I, I showed our guys our, our 2015 Tennessee game. Um, you know, we had, I think, I, I put the graphic up, I think our first 11 possessions, we either had a punt or a turnover on every one of them. We didn't cross the 50. If that would have been the other night, we would not have scored one point. We only got nine possessions. Um, and we come back, we win that game. We, we take off pretty good offensively. By the end of the season, we're a championship team, a playoff team, and one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, I showed them the 2018 Army game. Same deal, offense that was historically good. Maybe you could argue maybe the best to ever play in college football. And we play Army, we have eight possessions, we score 21 points in regulation. So, you know, but the, the, the key for both of those, similar type games, but in all, in all two of those games, and obviously, you know, this one this week, we found a way at the early in the year when some things didn't go our way early and we weren't at our best, and we still found a way. So it can be a huge springboard, but we've got to cause it to be a springboard. We've got to continue to come together. We've got to make improvements in all the areas that we can, coaches, players, all of us. And if we'll use it the right way, it can be a great springboard just like it was for the 15 and the 18 versions. Every week, one of our uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors team members has a question for Coach Riley. Here's our question tonight. Hey, Coach, is there any aspect of being a head coach that is different from what you thought it would be? <laughs> 
Oh, how long do you got? Um, 47 <laughs> minutes and 25 seconds. There we go. I, I could probably use most of that on this answer. Um, yeah, I mean, just – it sounds simple, but, I mean, just so, so many things land on your doorstep. Um, and you, the one thing you're guaranteed is about five unexpected things are going to happen a day that you, you know, that you get tasked with or that at least come, come to you for, you know, approval or guidance or whatever it is. So um, that, that's been the biggest difference, you know, it's just, you know, I can remember like when I first got hired, they were like, asked me like, do you want to change the carpet in one of these rooms in the facility? And I was like, I don't give a damn about carpet. You know, like I just want to coach ball and coach the team. But I, I figured out quickly, you know, you just, you got to. It would have been cool to just be like, yeah, yeah, let's change that. Yeah, yeah. let's go with this shade. Um, yeah, so I, I've learned a lot along the way. Um, but, yeah, a lot of, lot of different things uh, arrive on the doorstep. With Lots changed along the way. Your short tenure, you've had a bunch of changes, too. We have had a lot of changes. A lot of changes within our, our university. A lot of changes within college athletics. Um College football, everything going on, on the outside. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we I think we had a pandemic last year, last best I remember. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a great ride, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been interesting. All right, let's squeeze in a commercial break. When we come back, we'll hit some of your questions that are rolling in tonight on Twitter. Butkus brain teaser coming up as well, and of course, we'll ask Lincoln Riley about the showdown with Kansas State. You're watching Suter Sports Talk. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health and Anheuser-Busch. And our community partners, Fowler Auto Group, OU Health, OG&E, and Coca-Cola. All right, welcome back to Rudy's, everybody. That's Teddy. I'm Toby. Lincoln Riley alongside, we got OU and Kansas State coming up at 2.30 on Saturday afternoon up in Manhattan. And uh, every week we pick one question on Twitter for our Rudy's Anywhere, Sooners Everywhere question of the week. This person will receive a $50 gift card to Rudy's. Tonight's question for you, Coach Riley, is from Danny Leffelholt. He says, Coach, what aspects of playing a road game do you enjoy the most? Ooh, the... All of them, the atmosphere, you know, the the feeling of having to band, you know, kind of band together uh, as a group, you know, the hostile environments, the booze, the quiet crowds, you know, the roars of the when the other team has a play and you got to find a way to overcome it. I just think it's the true test of a real competitor and a, and a true competitive team. So I, I, they're, they're the best. I mean, that's uh, nothing like it in, in sports and certainly in college football, in my opinion. Booze is B-O-O-S. Yeah. That's yeah. just clarifying okay. which I, booze he was referring I to. I appreciate that yeah. clarification. I, you, you know, talking about the last couple of games and now it's been a little bit different style. They've been tough. It's uh, the, a lot of tension there when you don't know how many times you're going to get the football. And taking that on the road to a place like Kansas State who has a tendency to get people out of their comfort zone. Uh, do you think that's a benefit having maybe played in some of those games before you go up there? Well, I mean, just you know, you never know how these ones are going to go. Um, but I do, I do think maybe not necessarily. And, and I, I see your point about Kansas State, and, and so it very well could be. But I think, you know, just going forward in the season, we're going to need to continue to win, you know, tough, hard-fought games, and and you're going to have to win games in so many different ways to to be an elite team. And so I, 
you know, those experiences, uh, I think we've learned a lot from. Again, I think those tough games, you know, you have to show a level of toughness and grit and trust that, you you know, sometimes you don't maybe have to have for a complete game if you, you know, blow a team out. So, sure, there's benefits. Um, now, that being said, I'd, you know, love to go play well this weekend or any other time and obviously have a chance to, to separate and play closer to, to the potential that we feel like that we have. Uh, but... Yeah, the, the toughness and I think the belief our team has in those tough moments, I think, will certainly benefit us and, and obviously very well could be in that situation again this weekend or any other week. Coach, a couple of weeks ago we had uh, Coach Stoops on with us, and he asked you about Baker and Kyler and Jalen. I think he asked you for a couple of words to describe each of them. You know, we don't get to be around your team because of the way things are, uh, fans or players as much these days. Well, Tell us about Spencer. You know, film room, locker room, practice, sidelines. How how would you describe Spencer Rattler? You know, he's very he's very very calm and very poised um, for a young guy. I mean, going and you just look at some of the situations this guy's you know kind of been thrust into. You know, becoming the starting quarterback at Oklahoma as a freshman, right in the middle of a COVID year. Uh, you know, everybody talks a lot about you know, the Texas game last year and how that unfolded and how he responded in one of the biggest college football games there is. Um, I played at the end of last year, you know, how he's how he's fought through when we haven't been at our best offensively um, and things have been just a tick off. I mean, I, you know, and, then, and I, I was impressed with him the other night, the way he played and really, really played very well the entire second half, but especially there at the end. It, it, Takes a lot of guts to do that, man. It's not easy. It's not an easy job, and uh, it's a it's a job that plays out on a public arena. And there's, you know, eighty, ninety thousand people with every eyeball in that stadium on you, and there's millions and millions of people at home with every eyeball uh, on you. And and there's nowhere to hide, man. Like there's no, like you got to do it or you don't. And uh, and he did it. So I think there's he's going to continue to get better as a player. Uh, but I, I like his I like his toughness. I like his that he stays calm and he stays in the moment, and that's a hard skill to teach guys. Yeah, you know, he bounced back last year after a tough start, ended up by the end of the year, you know, playing great football. And, you know, you talked about the 2015 team and how it it started, it was, it was difficult going offensively early, but by the end of the year turned into a fantastic group. Do you see the same characteristics maybe on this team that you did on that 2015 team? I definitely do. I, I think... I see a group that's closer to playing well than probably what the outside would believe. And, uh, you know, frustratingly close for us. And I feel like I, I see no reason why we can't, you know, kind of get, get over the hump per se and, and kind of push through um, like we got the right people to do it. But, it, it, listen, it's not easy to do. And it gets, it's, uh, it gets taken for granted, I think, when it happens, you know, a lot or happens in, you know, you know, multiple years in a row, whatever. It's, it's, it's never easy. None of these are, this one won't be, but I think, uh, we know the way to do it. We know what to do. Uh, and I believe we have the right people. Now we just got to come together and do it and stay the course. Gabe Eichard helps uh, host the show before this one. We call it the huddle. We asked him if he would ask you a question tonight, hard hitting. Here it is. Hey, Coach, we got this question here at Rudy's from George. He, he was asking us about the players' pregame meal, which led Toby and I to the question, what is your pregame meal? 
Uh, do you eat the same thing before every game? Like, well, is there some superstition involved with the meal? Like, well, what are what are you putting down before you have to coach in the games? I, I definitely have some superstitions. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a night game or if we're having pregame meal at 7 o'clock in the morning for an 11 a.m. game. Uh, I eat the same thing. I eat uh, pasta um, with, like, basically spaghetti, um, a piece of chicken, uh, and then typically they have, like, some carrots, some vegetables. I eat the same thing every single time. And then before the game, I always have a little bar and a pack of gummies. It's, like, just an old tradition that I still – still do to this day so yeah i i it doesn't make it again people yeah uh not like go it's like we have like the these little like the welches you know that like our players snack on uh rachel and our nutrition team have so yeah before every game i have a quick snack but yeah that the the pregame meal everybody always looks at me kind of funny at pregame meal because there's only a handful of us that that like eat the same thing no matter what so it's Looks strange to see a grown man eating spaghetti at seven o'clock in the morning, but here we go. <laughs> I tell you what's funny about that. My pregame meal as a player is the exact same. Doesn't matter what time. Even if it's yeah. breakfast. It's pasta. There's yep. like some red sauce, and yep. it's some depending on where it is, it's some is better than others. That's right. Chicken breast, and then for me, it was always just the green beans. There's always yep. like a big yep. pot of green beans, and it was green beans for whatever reason. See, it's the first one I ever had, and I just stuck with it see, after me and that. Teddy, we're on the mark. <laughs> practically, tell me what you have. Practically the same person. Uh, I I will have whatever Mike Houck brings me in the booth. Fletcher's uh, which is, corny dogs. We did have Fletcher's corny yeah. dogs a couple of weeks ago. I think we had a Chick Fil A sandwich this week. So yeah, mine the has problem changed. is not Mine's before the game, coach. For me, downhill. it's after the game. It's a feast afterwards. So um, Kansas State, coach, you have uh, a team now that has gotten you the last couple of years. A little bit of uncertainty there at quarterback as to who they're going to play this week. Deuce Vaughn is a handful. What do you think about these guys? I mean, we we. Clearly have a lot of respect for them. They're a really good team. Coach Kleiman's come in and done a tremendous job there. Uh, you know, Kansas State, man, the, the, the names and faces change and really not much else does, and meaning that is a huge compliment. Uh, just, you know, great competitive program. Uh, always kind of find a way to be really, really tough. You know, they've evolved some schematically as the years have gone on, you know, like everybody has. But, man, they do an outstanding job. They really do. Uh, you can just expect a tough, hard-fought game every time you play these guys. So, you know, regardless who's playing quarterback, you know they, they do a really nice job offensively. As you said, the Vaughn kids are just a tremendous running back. You know, great with the ball in his hands. Just very, very dangerous every time he touches the every time he touches the ball. Um, so, yeah, and then and then you know Manhattan's a fun place to play. It's a challenging place to play. You know, fans there do a great job. You know, they they. Uh, always a lot of energy and excitement in that stadium. Fans stay into the game really well, so it makes it a fun road venue to go compete in. I know Coach Kleiman said today that it's unlikely that Skylar Thompson plays, but I don't believe a word he said. <laughs> I, I think he's playing. I mean, he's back as a, I know, his 10th year playing. You come back to try and win a, a Big 12 championship, you've already dropped one game. you got Oklahoma coming to town. I... He's got to play, right? He's got to play. It us coaches, you know, we've been able, we uh, we've been known to maybe fib a little <laughs> bit from time to time. So we'll see what happens. They they've got a good cupboard in there. They've got a couple guys that can really play on top of Skyler. So um, he's obviously a heck of a player. You know, he's he's played 
he has uh, obviously played well against us, had some really good moments against us, and it is a big challenge. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we better be ready to defend whoever comes out there. All right, we'll take a timeout. Butkus Brain Teaser and our final segment with Lincoln Riley coming up next here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. We'll be back. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind Casino, and Homeland. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Riverwind Casino, still the one. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Get your officially licensed Sooners gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the Varsity Network app and listen free. Toby and Teddy back with you here at Rudy's. We are chatting one more segment with Lincoln Riley. Butkus Brain Teaser coming up in just moments. Let's hit another fan question here. Josh Davis on Twitter. Coach Riley, what was the first play you ever drew up and was it successful? <laughs> you remember your first attempt at offensively coordinating? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, yeah, I can remember I, I had a real good buddy um, uh, back home. Is that Jeff King, still a lifelong, one of my best friends. Um, he was a year older than me, and I can remember playing in the front yard. And, oh, man, we had to have been, jeez. You know, six, seven, eight years old. I mean, somewhere in there. And we, you know, always, you know, you didn't, video games weren't really that big a thing at that point, you know, so you were always outside playing, always some sport, always doing something. And yeah, we did, we had kind of a rotating game of football with, with some other kind of neighborhood kids. And yeah, we got to where we had a little playbook and we're like, draw up, um, draw up some different ones and, and, you know, just kind of starting to learn and kind of figure out the game. But yeah, that's, that's my earliest memory of it. Had to have success too, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I was just trying to think yeah. of when you would you would have been six or seven in the mid '80s, because you're turning 40, like in a month or so. So Very I was just fun. trying to do the math in That's my right. head there. Yeah, checks out. Yeah, good math. <laughs> good math. Time for the Butkus Brain Teaser, everyone. Tonight's <laughs> Butkus Brain Teaser brought to you by the Oklahoma Education Association, fighting unapologetically for every student across the state, no matter their no matter their zip code. What do you have for Coach Riley tonight? Kansas State, 2017, okay, uh, there's 12.57 left in the first quarter. 7-0, Kansas State leads the football game. First and 10, plus 38-yard line, right hash. The game's just underway. That's right. 2017, Kansas State has jumped out in front. First drive, we scored on the first drive. So plus 38 on the right hash. Um, 2017 would have been in Manhattan. Plus That's correct. Right hash. That would have been. So I think we, yeah. I feel like this was like a busted play. I. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we were like, 
had a maybe had a run called and like Baker tried to hand it off the wrong way, and then like ended up running and getting like thirty yards and getting down to like the five yard line. I think that's it. That's not it. I don't know it. And then Dimitri Flowers scored the next play, but I don't know if that's oh, I it. I think you got a good <laughs> shot just based on the disgusted face that oh, Teddy is. Oh, that's so funny. I, I had hoped that because it was a busted play well, that <laughs> maybe it would mess up look. somehow. Oh, uh, more than the good ones. Early, early uh, <laughs> video. Let's go back to 2017 in Manhattan. No. Oh, oh, that wasn't <laughs> how it was supposed to work. Oh. And there goes Baker hey, for 30 anyway. We get around these 5 and 0 ladies and gentlemen. Brain sometimes a busted plays leads you to go, "Hey, you know what? There's actually maybe something there that we could work with." That very I can't tell you how many times through my career a guy's busted. We we had a route we ran at Texas Tech uh, for years and years. It li it literally originated. I remember the guy's name was a little walk-on uh, receiver that we had that busted a route in a practice and we were watching on film like, "Ooh, <laughs> that, that's that's actually pretty good. And then that actually became like one of our staples. Um became one of our staples. Actually, uh it was a it was a play, uh, Crabtree in the the game in Lubbock, his uh sophomore year, the game that Sam got knocked out early, he scored twice since that exact same play and it originated off of receiver busting around. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Got anything for coach? I'm just excited. I, I think this is great. I think um, going up there on the road is going to be a lot of fun. Feel like it's time for a road game? Yeah. Do you feel? It, oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah it's, the, the mix is perfect. Like you, you go play on the road for a while and you're ready to get back in front of our, our fans and come play at home. And, and then it's good to, to kind of get out and have that new challenge right now after we've been home, you know, now four weeks in a row. So, yeah, we're, we are excited to get on the road. Hey, I, I want to ask you about your press conferences. Yeah, your press conference is fascinating today. I heard one people describe you as defiant today. I don't know what that means, but it was a fascinating press conference. Bob had a, a, I think it was a growing love for the press conference as his tenure went along. I think he hated it at first and kind of grew to enjoy the sparring later in his uh, career at OU. Do you like him or do you hate him? Or is it somewhere in between? Uh... I don't like them and I don't hate them. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're part of the job, um, you know. And I get that. Listen, you know, uh, the media has has a job to do, and I get that's part of what I get paid to do is to to talk publicly about our football team, and and I get to answer the, you know, the tough questions, the fun questions, everything in between. So, um, you know, I just try to be real, try to be honest. Um, you know, I've no no problem admitting fault when it's there, and I've had plenty. But uh, you know, I'm also uh, like I've told people for a long time, I'm not going to apologize about winning. I'm not going to get tired of winning. I'm not going to underappreciate winning ever, and I'm not going to ever let our football team do that. That's a good answer right there. Let's right. have some applause in the house. But you love, I mean, you love this, right? I mean, you look forward oh, yeah, to this. This is different. Right? Yeah, this yeah. is different. Yeah, if the press conferences were this much fun, then uh, I'd exactly be smiling right now. That's a perfect answer. Lincoln Riley, everybody. Coach, thanks for your time tonight. Good luck up in Manhattan. You got it. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll take a timeout. We're not done yet. Lots more from Teddy and I when we come back here at Rudy. Stay with us. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by... The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access radio pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every day.
Log on to Soonersports.com slash podcast or search Sooner Sports Podcast in your favorite podcast provider. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate and Riverwind Casino. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue at Sooner Sports Talk. Uh, Toby and Teddy back with you. Whether you're home gating or tailgating for the OU game, make a winning play with Tostitos Chips. Tostitos packs the crunch for a touchdown in taste. And this show brought to you by the History Channel. Welcome to a world worth knowing. Teddy, let's take a look at the Big 12 uh, scores from last weekend. Our Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Very interesting week in the conference. Oklahoma State jumped out on K-State, held on. TCU goes down at home against Tanner Mordecai and SMU. Iowa State loses for the second time despite gaining about 200 more yards than Baylor. Texas put 70 on Texas Tech. Wild conference, man. It is this year. Kansas State goes down to Oklahoma State. I, they're a different football team whenever they've got Skylar Thompson. I mean, it's just... It's a fact. They're not nearly as good a backup quarterback. They don't take care of the ball nearly as well. Aren't as good uh, running the football uh, as whenever he's in there. So it's going to be a different team than what Oklahoma State faced. But you did see them return that kickoff. That's You've always got to have your antennas up for that. Baylor, I think Baylor's a really good football team this year. Defense is outstanding. We saw that a year ago. But they've got a little bit of offense to go with it right now. Not sure what's going on with Iowa State. Brock Purdy has regressed, I feel like, over the last couple of years. Texas has it going. Thompson at quarterback gives them uh, something. I mean, they they are moving the football. They're running the ball really well. Bijan Robinson with a big day. Uh, they've got skilled position guys that are coming out of the woodwork all of a sudden. And defense pretty solid as well. Hated to see Tyler Shuck go down for Texas Tech. You know, he was having a heck of a season for them. Going to be difficult with the uh, the collarbone there, but man, it's a good conference. Throw West Virginia into the mix, and uh, you got you got yourself a tough conference with everyone kind of piled right there together. It seems like I asked Gabe last hour to give me his top three teams in the Big Twelve right now. What would your answer be? I think it's got to be Oklahoma, Baylor, and for whatever reason, I'm I'm keeping Iowa State there just because. They've got so much potential, so many good players on that team. But Texas, Oklahoma State knocking on the door. Give me some more uh, of your thoughts on Kansas State. We heard what Coach had to say about them a little bit earlier on. You know, we don't know who's going to play at quarterback, so just set that aside for a second. What do you see out of them defensively? Well, defensively, they've changed up what they've almost always done. They've always had a four-man front. It's a little bit different now. They've kind of adapted to some of the different schemes that we've seen in the conference, which – I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing for us right now. Um, they've, they've seen the formula to play Oklahoma. They're going to play big zone coverage there. You see a three-man rush. That's exactly what, what people like to do, three-man rush, big zone behind it. Force you to, to take it all the way down the field, throw underneath, run, uh, have long drives where you don't mess anything up. they got a pretty good defensive line that can get after the quarterback. Uh, got some size up there. They can run in the secondary. Backers can play. Uh, there's some good players on this football team, so they present a tough challenge. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, lack of big plays has been a storyline for Oklahoma 
this year against this particular style of defense, those are going to be hard to come up with. But you got to give a ton of respect, I think, to Chris Kleiman. You talk about taking over big shoes. I don't know if they get any bigger than Bill Snyder is in Manhattan, Kansas, and he has done a fabulous job. Yeah, and he did take over at a great time. I mean, the program wasn't in its best condition, and he slowly and surely chipped away at it, and they've got a really good football team. Take last season and throw it out with their record. They were not playing like themselves down the stretch. They had a quarterback out. They had tons of guys that were missing because of COVID all year long and with the protocols and everything. This is a really good football team under climate. It'll be rocking up there on Saturday. If you've never been to a game in the Little Apple, stadium's full. They got the Wabash Cannonball going seemingly nonstop the whole time. The crowd is swaying and singing, and it's, uh, it's a very fun atmosphere and uh, be a good test for the Sooners. But like we talked about with Lincoln, it just kind of feels like it's time to go on the road, doesn't it? Does. it? I'm looking forward to it as a broadcaster. I'm sure his team is yeah, as well. There's no doubt. I think it's, uh, it's a good time to go on the road. I think playing in, in a different setting, a different environment, maybe some weather uh, that day chance, could be yeah. raining and a little cooler. There's just It's just a change-up. We've had hot games all at home. Now you get to go out there on the road and, and be in a hostile environment, grouped together the night before. I think it's going to be a good thing. You like playing on the road? Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Playing on the road is fun. I mean, it's not just fans that like to go see new environments. The players do, too. Like, you get to go out there. You get to – like, it's – it's a weird thing, but to like feel the energy of the crowd yeah. against you yeah. is is makes it really fun to play in that. The old Reggie Miller factor. He always yeah. talked about loving to play on the road. All right, we'll take a timeout. Final segment with Teddy when we come back here at Rudy's. Sooner Sports TV is brought to you by Bud Light. It's for the fans. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in real Texas barbecue. Homeland, your homegrown advantage. Proud sponsor of Sooner Athletics. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Hey, Sooner fans, when you download the Chick-fil-A app in order, you can start earning points toward delicious rewards. Attention student gamers, the $150,000 level next Madden National Championship is back. Sponsored by Unilever, supporting Feeding America with 1 million meals this fall. Registration closes October 11th, so be sure to sign up now at levelnextesports.com. Final segment, I want to go back to Twitter, Teddy, and ask you uh, a question here that has come in from uh, Big Ben Welch. Do you think that opposing defenses have caught up to OU's offense? Um, to some degree, uh, caught up to uh, – there's there's way more documentation on it, right? Like all of the teams in the Big 12 can go back several years and see how they've matched up, what they did well, what they didn't do well, what Lincoln has, has evolved with. So there's a lot more uh, film out there, and Lincoln's kind of – you know what direction he's going to go. When he first came to OU, we weren't exactly sure. So in that sense, I think maybe people have a better understanding of it. But the real difference is being able 
to block people well. It doesn't matter how well you know the opponent's offense. If you can't get off of blocks, defeat blocks, and make the tackle, it doesn't matter. And right now, teams are having a little bit more success defeating our offensive line and, and making plays. Uh, and lack of ability to run the footballs has made the rest of it kind of stagnate a bit. All right, so maybe that's part of it, but big picture. Game five of the season coming up this week, a team they haven't beaten in two years. What is Oklahoma doing well right now? What has to be better? Right now they're, they're playing really well on defense. They look good on defense. They, uh, they're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they're stopping runs, stuffing the run. I think, what, 79, 80 yards a game uh, for opponents running the football. It's, it's, you know, I think close to top 10 in the country. Uh, they're doing really well on that front. Um, I think they've done a good job on special teams. They're winning defense. They're winning special teams. And offensively, even though some of the numbers haven't been as good as we want, I think Rattler and company are starting to get comfortable maybe taking and accepting what the defense gives you. It's a little bit different than just throwing the ball all over the field to yeah. wide open wide receivers sprinting up and down. It's a little bit more methodical, and I think they've settled into that range somewhat. All right. Uh, kickoff will be at 2.30 on Saturday up in the Bill Snyder Family Stadium up there. The Sooners against the Wildcats will be on the air with you for pregame coverage starting at 12.30. Looking forward to it. Thanks for it's being here be tonight, fun. buddy. Teddy Lehman, awesome. everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Boomer Sooner, everybody.